0: hey what's happening everybody welcome back to mental health casual i'm your host, lucky and today we're going over to the Al-Anon subreddit uh one of, one of the probably the most frequent ones that i go to just because it's very interesting to hear from people who are dealing with uh a, a, an addict whereas i've always been or well not always of course but where i've been the addict most of the time um but anyway if you guys don't know, don't know what Al-Anon is basically Uh, People who are dealing with uh, somebody that's close to them, either a spouse, a family member, something like that, who who they refer to as their Q, their qualifier, which qualifies them to be an Al-Anon. And yeah, they basically just talk about their struggles and try and get some advice on here, which is exactly what we kind of go on here for anyway. If you guys are new here, welcome. Basically what I do is I go to subreddits. Uh, that have anything to do with mental health, and give it general advice, learn something new, and all that good stuff. But let's start off with the first post here. Need some positivity. Also, sorry about... (laughs) Speaking of positivity, I'm just going to go the opposite. Sorry about being a little bit bit late today. Um, Today was a little bit of a throwaway day for me. I just, you know, I ended up uh, not doing anything I was supposed to do, and then getting a pizza, and then eating that. So anyway, uh, just... uh, And then I remembered that I had to do this and I completely forgot, so. Anyway, need some positivity. Overheard a coworker talk about their family member and how they had struggled with alcohol on their little getaway to the coast last weekend. It's pretty sad how word for word she explained to my other coworker about the alcoholic behavior and how they were fun to be around. I can relate to her situation so much as I'm sure the rest of you know the story too. I honestly had to walk away because I didn't need to hear the rest of what happened and it really brought my feelings down into the dumps. Not many people know about my Q's drinking, but I'm sure I'm sure some of my family uh I'm sure some of my family have their suspicion. Thank you all for being here and uh and being there and understanding. So hmm. Wow, that's uh that's tough because you know, not we don't always get to see this in one particular instance, right? Like what the co the co-worker was talking about in a particular weekend. Um typically we see this uh, accumulate until finally there's a breaking point. So maybe that was their breaking point. I'm not completely sure. But yeah, we, we typically see it um, manifest, at least with me, it started manifesting. And I was definitely one of those people who binge drank like every single week. Um, and it got, to, it got to like some pretty bad, uh, it, got, it got to be pretty bad. Um, and it is tough listening to other people's stories of it because you could probably recite word for word what will happen next. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I have a friend of mine who is, um, I I can tell is dealing with some, with, with some addiction. Um, and it's tough for me to, to to deal with. So that was another reason why I wanted to come on to Al-Anon to see, um, if there's something that I can do for them, um, how I should go about it. What I, you know, what, what, you know, what can I do? But, um, I definitely I definitely um understand the idea behind this because um, like I said, there a lot of times there's that one point where everybody starts to realize, oh, you know, like lucky isn't isn't okay or you know, like whoever you're dealing with is not as okay as they were letting on when you're working with them, right? Um and that's always a big problem, right? Like when you go like let's say you go drinking with your coworkers and you find one of those coworkers who, you know, gets way too drunk at a at a, at a Christmas party or something like that. So anyway, let's go to the next post here. Alcohol abuse and bipolar, not a great combination that is the title is. Uh next post here. My Q is, or remember as we said Q is a qualifier, it is the person who is the alcoholic is both bipolar and has a huge uh has a binge drinking problem. I recently decided to leave the relationship there were there were just too many ups and downs he didn't think about he didn't think his drinking is a problem after 4 years together I didn't believe I could live with it uh, without constant anxiety so I felt we reached what seems like an uncompromisable stalemate we are both heartbroken I feel very sorry and sad for him bipolar is already hard enough and I understand that some of the uh, some of them use booze to quote unquote self medicate But this is getting too hard for me i know i don't have a crystal ball but i just anticipate greater unhappiness if we resume slash continue i guess i'm busy doing a post-mortem of the relationship in my mind trying to process the guilt of bailing on him to not feel selfish for choosing a hopefully better future for myself that excludes him it's early it's early days so everything still feels quite raw anyone else dealing with bipolar on top of alcohol abuse um so the the most that I ever saw was um, schizophrenia and alcohol abuse which was one of the worst combinations I'd ever seen in a person uh, this particular person was very violent, very violent um, I man I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was in jail now but yeah I anything listen you have to be very cognizant when you are dealing with your mental illness if it is depression that you're dealing with you know like bipolar depression. Um. Even then, bipolar and alcohol just to me, it doesn't seem like a great combination. Um, and I would argue that anything dealing well, okay, I'll give you an example, right? Um, there was a, a guy named Kali Muscle, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, he's, he's an OG of YouTube, like one of the OG, uh, you know, bodybuilder type guys. And he had just had a heart attack recently, and you know, he had had like warning signs of it, um, certain. Uh, things I, I don't really understand it uh, all that much, but like certain warning signs that this was going to come up, and he still um, was was using uh, let's say um, steroids and stuff that are, are already have a pretty they they can already strain your heart as it is. So if you think about like that that kind of physical reaction, same thing with mental health. If you end up uh, taking something that uh, impedes your mental health and you're already down in the dumps what's going to happen same thing with kali muscle right if you're going if you're doing something that already stresses the heart and you already have a heart condition which um it wasn't completely clear um he he said more like he he had a feeling he did um but e- anyway but this person definitely knows they have bipolar right they definitely know that for sure um, and uh, knowing that you cannot self-medicate with alcohol you you it, anybody who is depressed out there be very 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 careful of drinking alcohol because, like, it, it's really common sense, right? Alcohol is a dep- is a natural depressant. It makes you depressed the more you drink it. it it's just the way that the the drug works. Um, kind of like a, you know, it's really strange. It's it's kind of like a, a useless drug in my in my opinion. Like it's not like coffee where I build, you know, it gives you a boost of energy or anything like that. It's literally just a thing for people to take their worries off and stuff. I, but even then i think there's better drugs for that so um yeah so it, it, anyway going back to you know her or sorry this person and their relationship i'm very excuse, excuse me I, i'm very happy that they were able to come to that conclusion um because j- just like they said right um they don't have a crystal ball they don't know if things maybe things would have got better right Th- there is always that possibility but you have to weigh out the pros and the cons and the like the probability of this person getting better and if they are not saying that they have a problem which i think uh, he didn't think his drinking is a problem right if they don't think that they have a problem then that is a whole it's, it's like starting at at square one right like you have to literally m- figure out how to get them to realize this is a problem before they actually take the first steps into getting help so you have to be you have to be very cognizant of that when you decide am i going to stay am i going to go what's going to happen here i you know and that that's a really good question to ask yourself so hopefully um you know ho- ho- hopefully obviously i mean listen i i know this is probably very tough in my opinion my honest opinion seeing where alcohol abuse does go i think you made the absolute best decision for yourself and there's nothing wrong with that in fact it's probably it'll probably help your cue out as well your ex-boyfriend Because he will eventually realize, oh, I I lost this, you know, I'm assuming you're a good partner. I lost this partner due to alcohol abuse. And I'm not saying that any of you guys out there should try and leave somebody just to give them an idea of how, um, in order to make them sober or anything like that. Um, But it does help rather than getting this constant affirmation that you're going to always have somebody um, at home for you. Because sometimes people get way too um, complacent with the way things are and they think none of their behavior can ever change um that's uh that predicament but believe me guys alcohol is one of the many things but probably one of the biggest things that can contribute to um to hurting of the hurting of other people the hurting of your loved ones so anyway let's go to the next post here i don't know how much more i can take my cue or my qualifier is my husband I posted recently about how he had been doing really well and then it ruined a date because he decided to drink right before it. He's been on a downward spiral since then. Shortly after that, he lost his job due to his drinking and calling in because he was hungover. He did well for a few days after he was fired, but since then, since that, he'll go a couple of days without a drink and then he'll drink for a few days. At this point, I'm tired. He's, re- he's not normally mean. Uh, usually just passes out, but the past few days, he's been fairly mean. He hasn't been wanting to, me to hang out with my friends. He got mad a couple days ago because i was gone all day (laughs) excuse me i was helping my mom he's making uh, comments about me having to stay at work late i work a very high stress unpredictable job becoming jealous i'm just exhausted by it i want to be able to live at this point i love him but i'm not in love with him anymore i'm so unhappy and miserable and i hate going home i care about him and what happens to him though keep asking myself if this is it if this is the last straw or am i going to stay and be miserable forever How did you leave? What finally did it for you? I feel like a failure for not wanting to leave. Sorry, for wanting to leave. No, I mean, listen, this actually parallels really well with the last post that we were talking about, you know? Um, When somebody is, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, this is a bipolar post, yeah. Um, When somebody doesn't admit that they have a problem, there's not a lot you can do for them. They have to realize through whatever means um, that they are, they have a problem and they need to take care of it because they're going to lose a lot more than relationships or anything like that or you know they're going to lose more than in this case they're going to lose more than just a job um and yeah and this is the problem is the alcoholic you or you know whatever you want to call it the addicted you or anything like that is not the you that people fell in love with hopefully right hopefully they didn't fall in love with a drunk you um, but you know when you're talking about Um, the erosion of a a marriage or something like that. It's very hard to bring that back up. Uh, Very hard, especially without professional help of some sort. Um, And I guarantee you, if you guys did go to professional help, the first thing they would address is, is this person's drinking, is your husband's drinking problem? Um, And he probably wouldn't be happy with it because he's not, he's still in the point of denial of, you know, probably thinking he doesn't have any Problem. And most likely, this is just my speculation, but most likely the reason why he is so mean to you is because he is insecure about um, his standing right now. Uh will give you an example. Uh, one of my ex's friends, her father was very, um, he, was, he was very like abusive, uh, not, not, not abusive uh, physically, but like emotionally towards his, mo- towards the, uh, sorry, the mother. And uh, mainly because he was out of work and he was dealing and I could tell just from what she was talking about that he was dealing with some with depression and dealing with the fact that he wasn't able to um provide for his family. And um I know like listen, if you're a woman out there that probably sounds very stupid, like, oh you know that he should be fine with it, all that kind of stuff. Um I'll be real with you, unless your husband is is very productive without the job and he's able to do other things, um you know, maybe raising your kid or whatever, um, they're not going to be very happy uh, just staying at home. They're not, they're just not. Um, and with your husband also dealing with alcoholism, it's probably making them even more insecure because you are the breadwinner. You are the person, by the way, this is not your fault. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I'm just saying he's, he because of his insecurity, he's taking out his insecurity or he's reflecting what he feels inside at you. Hey, don't go out there. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because he doesn't want you, again speculation, to find somebody that's better than him, which right now wouldn't be that hard. So that's just a fact. So, yeah, listen. Um, it, until they figure out, until this person figures out that they have a problem, and all that stuff, um, you are more than welcome to. If I were you, I would give him an ultimatum and see what he how he reacts. But if you're already over with the marriage, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't force it. Um, or if you're already over with the marriage, granted marriage is a big undertaking. So, you know, I would try and give him the ultimatum, see what he says, um, see if there's a way to, to, obviously your relationship is never going to be the same as it was before. Listen, when I got hospitalized, um, my my relationship was never the same. I'm telling you right now, it was never the same as it was before. Um, that was just a fact. It just it just really was not ever the same. It's all it wasn't too bad, but it was never the same. So, yeah, if I hopefully you can find a uh, a point to tell your husband, um, gather the courage to do that. Uh, but as for being a failure for not for for wanting to leave, no, I, I don't think so at all. I think you're I think that's perfectly reasonable at this point with the way that you're being treated. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go to, okay. Sick of, okay. Along the same lines, sick of alcoholic husband. My, uh, or sorry, he drinks three to four bottles of wine every weekend, each Saturday and Sunday. He drinks a bottle of wine every night. I'm so sick of living like this. I wish I never came here. He'll probably die soon of liver failure. I'm honestly okay with it because I just want to live the rest of my life without him. Wow. That's pretty, um, this might sound harsh to some people, but you have to realize when we're talking and by the way, it's not it's not an excuse for what she what this person is saying because obviously it is very harsh to wish somebody's death. But at the same time, you you have to realize that man, the the uh the amount of stress and anxiety that a an alcoholic can put on the people around them is astronomical. Like, you know, they they've never even they would never even realize it unless they um, unless they got sober because then they start seeing they would be forced to see what is around them oh these people are mad at me because of this oh these people are um, hurt because of this when you're alcohol when you're drunk you are you don't have to face those realities you can keep drinking and drinking and drinking until you black out which typically alcoholics do Um, and eventually get to the point where you don't have to deal with any of the problems anymore because you know, I don't know if you guys ever heard this saying, like, uh, oh, I'm gonna leave it for future me. like this is a job for future me. So th- basically somebody's gonna procrastinate. It's a lot like it's a lot like that in terms of alcoholism. Oh, this is a this is a um this is for alcoholic me. So you know when when you're talking about this, uh, that's kind of what it is. My alcoholic self will deal with the the problems, which unfortunately, your alcoholic self ha- does not deal with the problems. your alcoholic pro- self. Uh, doesn't remember what the problems were your alcoholic self ends up uh, avoiding the problems and doing something completely stupid to end up uh, gaslighting the problems even more excuse me so uh you have to be real careful about um have to be really careful with with alcoholism and it's it's not a it's not a pretty sight um no matter what it is which actually when we go into this next post here um We'll, we'll hear a term that I have a big problem with. Uh, anyway, the next post here is titled, the First time speaking, about, uh, speaking out about my mother. Uh, my mother is a functioning alcoholic and narcissist. This is, this is the word. Okay, there's two words. Functioning alcoholic, in which is, that's, <laughs> I don't think people understand, um, uh, you know, how ridiculous that phrase is. Because me and my friends used to use it all of the time, in a lot of time, like in my and just from what I believe, I believe that is an oxymoron. Meaning, it is the their are opposing forces. You being an alcoholic and a um, and a functioning and functional, they don't mix. They really don't. You might say, well, okay, well, but they're they're still they're able to do all their work. They're able to do this. That doesn't mean that they're functioning it doesn't mean that they're there it doesn't mean that their mental health is all there therefore they are not functional by definition it's like saying uh, uh i think the first oxymoron we ever learned was like um he's a uh he's a big shrimp very which is an oxymoron in terms of like uh like if you say a person is a big shrimp it's an oxymoron because the shrimp is small and is not big so yeah it's it's uh it's an oxymoron and so this is an oxymoron to me it just it it doesn't uh it's a contradiction so uh so yeah and narcissist alcoholism runs in her family i never got to meet my grandfather because he died in his early 50s from severe alcoholism okay well there's a big red flag right there my mother will get home at 5 p.m and around 8 p.m she's already drunk this happens almost every night uh, actually before we go any further that is a very significant uh point right there how fast people get and get drunk for me it was easy i was it, i could get buzz within an hour i could already have like 3 or 4 beers within an hour so you, yeah this you know sounds exactly it sounds very familiar now, this happens almost every night screaming picking fights trying to humiliate everyone around her getting physical it's disgusting she goes to work every morning as usual weekends are the worst because she stays up at night in a drunken rage this has been my reality ever since childhood i moved out of the house a year ago and my i'm a much i'm so much better off without her but the extent of trauma i've suffered because of her still affects every single part of my life i've of course tried to bring up the issue with her drinking before suggesting treatment and most of the time she'd deny everything once or twice she acknowledged that she knows about her drinking problem but doesn't care about getting treated at all that everyone will have to deal with it or leave for all she cares okay so this is another thing uh, right here so this is me t- talking right here um making it that everybody else has a problem she doesn't that's basically in a nutshell that's basically what that is oh well if everybody has a problem with me they can just you know because it it basically is saying like oh i'm not forcing these people to be here be very careful about how far you go with that because you may um people might actually uh, be careful what you wish for right there was this uh there was this horror show back in the day called uh Are You Afraid of the Dark? And one of the episodes, I'm pretty sure it was this one, uh one of the episodes had this guy who had a genie, right? So he had three wishes, and um by the end of it, the genie was like, Hey, what's your final wish? Hey, what's your final wish? And, like really annoying him, and finally he said, I wish you'd just leave me alone. End of the episode, uh, you know, the spotlight is on him, but it's all dark around him. That's what he gets for the rest of eternity or the rest of his short life. So be very careful about what you wish for in that in that uh, sense because you may end up having everybody leave you um a lot of them might not because of the guilt but i don't think you want people there just for just for uh, uh just to be there out of pity uh let's go to the rest of the post i no longer care about her as a person or what she does because i'm not around her anymore but i still have to make my way through life knowing she will never acknowledge or apologize for all she did to me as a child and young adult even even that stuff still uh even when that stuff still affects me every single day i carry a lot of anger within me and it makes me so tired i'm angry because um her father did horrible things to her my grandmother and my uncles when she was uh when he was drunk so uh so why so why would she follow in his footsteps and do the same thing to me when she knows exactly how it feels like to be on the receiving end it's not freaking fair yeah. So this is like, this is a dilemma that like a lot of people have to deal with, right? Because this is the same idea of me and my father, which if you guys don't know, I had a very, very uh, strange relationship with my father. Very, um, he's very emotionally abusive, uh, a little bit physically abusive, um, not nearly as bad as some some of the other ones I've heard. But, um, you know, and I started turning into him after a while. And this is, you have to be, the the, the reason why I started to turn into him. Was because i thought oh since he did this to me i know that i'll never become that because you know i've already seen what it can do so you think you can stop yourself the problem is if you never work on yourself and you never work on that side of you um you become oblivious to the to the um traits that you possess and all of a sudden i started ignoring myself and i started realizing oh i have a lot of traits that uh, go with exactly with what my father, uh, did. Um, I am highly addicted to things, like really addicted to things. I am high. I, I'm, I have a lot of anger issues. I have a, um, a lot of problems with, uh, intimacy. Um, and a lot of that led me to becoming like my father, but I, the reason why I was so, um what what do you, what you say I, the reason why i was so like okay with it or so oblivious to it was because i knew that my fa- I, I, or to me i i just thought that my father was worse like there's no way i could end up like him i might end up bad but i i won't end up like him which is where the problem of comparing yourself to other people is right because we we talk about comparing ourselves to other people when they're better than us and how that can make you feel bad but you also have to think about the other side of it, which is um, comparing yourself to people, to other people who are uh, worse than you. Because all of a sudden, you'll start to get on your high horse and start thinking, oh, I can never be like this person. I can never be like that person. Um, and then I discovered this idea of the banality of evil, which was when I read um, Ayn Rand's Rand, book. Uh, what the hell was I saying? Um, gosh, I, just, I thought I had it right here. Um, Hannah Arendt's book about uh, Adolf Eichmann, one of the he was a Nazi SS, uh, somebody really high up. I don't remember his official position, but he was one of those people who ended up um, dealing with sending people to uh, internment camp or, well, basically to, to basically die um, during the final purge. And uh, during, like after World War II, there was an Israeli group who were looking for these people because um, this guy, Adolf Eichmann, ended up going to... Uh, uh argentina or something like that in south america to to uh, flee in exile they brought him back to jerusalem the book is called eichmann in jerusalem and basically uh, uh five psychologists or something like that like you know clinical people end up deeming that this guy adolf eichmann is completely sane has no psychological issues uh in fact it seems like he's a very loving husband so how could somebody like that do what he did during the holocaust and uh this is where the i believe this is where the term uh, banality of evil ended up uh becoming a, a thing the idea that evil is a pretty um uh, it, it's basically the the idea of a normalness the normalness of evil so don't think that you can never become evil don't think that you can never become one of these these um these terrible people like the worst person that you um that you know or sorry the worst person that you ever heard of in history was still a person they may have had different circumstances, but they were still a person who didn't realize, or, you know, who probably didn't pay attention to themselves. Or maybe they did, and they had some some mental illness or something like that. But, you know, they were just like you and me at one point. They were, they were born. They were, you know, they grew up in a family of some sort. They were just like us. And once you start realizing that, you realize how much work you have to put in on yourself to not become the worst version of you, whatever that may be. Maybe you won't become... One of these terrible people, like you know, you know Hitler or anything like that, but you may become uh, a monster of your own, you know, uh, a monster that you would never want yourself to be. I did, and that's when I realized that I never wanted to go back to that with alcohol, with anything, because I knew what it did to the people around me and I knew what it did to me. More importantly, what it did to me. I lost thirty pounds just from getting off alcohol. That's how much alcohol I drank per week. So anyway, guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, remember, you can check out all things casual at the link in the description box down, down below. Don't forget, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Also, I will have a link to the Al-Anon subreddit in the description box down below if you'd like to become a part of this or just read it for yourself. As always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.